The sermon for today is uh, how to define Savior. Uh, sometimes we get very uh, anxious with our uh, uh, definitions, you might say, or how we talk about things, and, and we don't want them to sound, oh, thank you very much. That will work for well, that guy. <laughs> thank you. Um, in, uh, in thinking of our Savior and what all he's done for us and what we should be doing in response to the love of God and love of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we need to be thinking of our personal sacrifice, what we can do for the Lord. And also uh, the idea that he's our advocate and what that means to us, how we should respond to an advocate. And also um, the victory that Jesus has brought into our lives. So um, um, another thing to think about. Then we think of the, uh, that he is the ideal um, representation or carrier of, of what we ought to be so we could follow his example. And he was definitely an overcomer, and we need to be an overcomer. Uh, I next thought of anywhere, anytime, when we need our Savior, he's there. Uh, very interesting that we don't have to go any particular building. We don't have to go to this hill or that hill, that he's always there with us. And then we need to be uh, thinking that he is our rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yeah, we need to be diligent in our service to the Heavenly Father and to Jesus Christ. So my first verse is, uh, is 1 John 4, 14. It says, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. A simple verse. But he's saying we testify that. The apostles are testifying it. So we should be doing just fine in, in our service to him and our understanding of him. We, that would be more or less the apostles, you'd say. Um, John, the Revelator, John the Revelator, John the Baptist, John um, the Apostle John uh, is definitely telling us in this first John um, how these things ought to fit together, how uh, happy we ought to be about the uh, Savior that we have and, and how we can respond to him. He is testifying, or the twelve are testifying that they know Jesus, they know about him, who he is, and, and prove who he is. So uh, the uh, it's just that part where we, you know, the person writing this, well, that would be John himself writing it. And then uh, they're testifying that the Father sent the Son. Some people would kind of want to think on uh, that uh, uh, Jesus did this all on his own or his uh, Father did it all or vice versa. Well, they were working in harmony with each other. So God sent Jesus for our, for our well-being, for us, for us. And he's the Savior of just a few people. No, he was sent for everybody, for the whole world. All of the people of the world can have a chance at salvation through this action that Jesus did. In uh, uh, Hebrews 9 and verse 26, it says, He put 
away, there's three dots in between here, but he put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's talking about Jesus. Jesus sacrificed himself in order to get rid of sin, to destroy it, to be an end to sin and the results of sin, what kind of problems there would be with that. I looked up some other verses here for time to time. I'll, I'll bring them in. But uh, when you think of, uh, you think of, they talk about some people making the supreme sacrifice. They mean they died for their country. They went to war, died in, in, the, in the fights, in the war, and, and whatever it brought, they died. Well, we need to be also thinking of um, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that gave his all, gave his life, um, gave himself totally. Um, the supreme sacrifice was made by Jesus by dying on the cross for our sins. And for anybody that would request it or desire it, uh, he's there. He's done that for us. So dying on the cross was not just a Somebody had a bad day and they decided to take it out on Jesus. No, this was all planned. And when Jesus had an op option to get out, he didn't. Because he knew he must live through this till the time of dying on the cross, shedding his blood so that there would be hope for us, that there would be salvation for us. That makes him a savior. In... Um, Let's see if I match these up a little bit here. I want to see in um, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 7. I think, yes, I got it. Um, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. That's that linking of making the supreme sacrifice for your country. Would you do the supreme sacrifice for a friend, a family member, a friend, um, somebody dear to you, for your king even, you know, things like that. Um, so this verse is pointing out that some might do it for a righteous person. But what does that mean? People didn't want Jesus. They were trying to push him over a cliff at times. They are trying to find ways to find somebody to point him out as a bad person so that they could stone him to death. It was an ongoing effort to see if they could find somebody that would betray him, which eventually happened. But um, would you die for somebody that didn't want you, somebody that hated you, somebody that was throwing, going to throw stones at you? Uh, would you die for them? And that's what Jesus did. He was willing to do that for us. In Hebrews 10.10 10, it says, By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once for all. Through the will of God, for the plan that was made, the will that was made, um, that Jesus gave his life for us. He offered the body of Jesus Christ once for everyone, for all time. Uh, just have to ask for the fulfillment of that in your life. Request that Christ would be in your life. 
and that you could be saved and find out what the steps are to being saved, like baptism, you know, some other things that would be good to know ahead of time what that really means to accept that sacrifice. The next thought was to, to be an advocate. Uh, verse in 1 John 2 and verse 1, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Somebody that goes in between, somebody that's going to take your cause and step in, in uh, for you, that's the advocate. Um, he steps in in behalf of you or uh, anyone that's asking for his uh, input, his protection, his care, and he steps in and says, I'll stand for him. I'll defend him. I'll do this or that. That's our master and savior. He is an advocate. And he's intercess, being an intercessory for us. He's talking for us in the courts, you might say, of heaven. Uh, he knows what it's like to live here amongst us and live in this world, and, and so he can speak for us and uh, help us through the problems. Um, Christ is the believer's advocate. He would be for anybody that wants to believe in him, anybody that wants his uh, protection, his care. Um, Jesus would be that for them. If the believer sins, he can have forgiveness through him. We talked about in the Sabbath school class, what happens if you make a mistake? What happens if you sin? You know, different things that, that could happen. Uh, first thing you need to do is very speedily repent and own up to the problem. I looked at the uh, many of the verses in the Old Testament when they were talking with God, the leaders were talking with God, and they said, we have sinned. They didn't try to get around it. They just confessed it. We as a, as a nation have sinned. We as an individual, we as the, the leaders that he was talking about, we have sinned, and they're trying to make right, asking God how they can get forgiveness for that. And of course, that's our advocate. Jesus Christ will help us through that. There's a, a verse that says, he will swallow up death in victory. That's in Isaiah 25, verse 8, that Christ will do that for us, that he will... Uh, or, well, he has, because we know from the New Testament that Isaiah is talking about Christ and talking about the New Testament times that are coming. Uh, Isaiah is a very interesting book. It's like it should have been in the New Testament, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's there. Well, he swallowed up death in victory. Usually that's used in a funeral as well. Uh, use that verse. Christ was victorious in temptations and trials and testing. Whatever came his way, he was victorious in uh, handling them and being above the problems. Uh, he also was uh, uh, death and hell and the grave. Couldn't defeat him. He was able to overcome all of that. And he will continue until he turns it over to his father. We also should become conquerors through Christ. First Corinthians, if I find it up here, um, 15 and 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can have that victory through Christ, our Savior. We can have that victory. And we can just ask for it, and we ought to be able to live it because we have the power of the Holy Spirit helping us 
Heavenly Father helping us. We have our advocate helping us. That should not be a problem. We can be conquerors through Christ. The ideal person to govern ourselves by or to consider uh, how we should behave, how we follow things, there used to be a saying, uh, what would Jesus do? Uh, everybody used to think of that as an example. If you can look to Christ as an example, and you say, what would Jesus do if he was in this situation that I'm in? And then you say, oh, yes, he can handle it. He did handle it, and so on. Now, how did he do it? So that we could respond the same way. So when we're facing lots of troubles, we can turn to him. First uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 21 says, Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. We follow in somebody else's steps because we know that they're true and believable and, and trustworthy. Uh, we can follow their example and their way, walk the way they walked, serve the way they served. When they suffered, we need to know that it's coming our way <laughs> and we're going to suffer too. The apostles talked about that quite a bit too. Uh, if you know that Jesus suffered as our leader and uh, as our, our one to look to and to follow after, uh, it's obvious we're going to suffer. But can we overcome? And we can only overcome through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. When we face the trying circumstances that come our way, we should ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? We could put ourselves in a, we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble or other people put us in a lot of trouble. And so we have these uh, interactions with circumstances that we need to face up to them as Jesus would have. Would we follow Christ's example, or when we follow Christ's example, we can be confident that we are making the right decisions. That's sometimes very difficult to understand whether we're in the right path, or doing the right thing, responding the correct way, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, through prayer, by following Christ, we will make the right decisions and the right choices. On the idea of overcoming, in John 16, 33, it says, Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We're following Jesus, and he's already overcome the world. So we know that he can help us through it and show us the way through it so that we can be that overcomer we should be. Christ was calm and peaceful when others were distraught and frustrated because he was overcoming the world. He knew he, he knew he would, he knew he could, and so he didn't have to worry and be frustrated. Uh, remember when the, in Mark chapter 4, verse 38, uh, the disciples came to the master. Well, they were in the boat. And this verse in uh, Mark Four, chapter 4 and verse 38. And he was in the hinder part, this is Christ, is in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they, were, uh, they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They went and woke him up. He was so calm, so relaxed. He was sleeping in the storm. <laughs> hey, Master, don't you care? 
Don't you understand how bad it is out here? You know, we're trying to keep the water from getting into the boat and we're about to sink and the waves are going over. You know, how can you rest? Uh, <laughs> because he knew he, he would be coming through it and, and be able to uh, uh, win in the long run. Also in uh, Luke chapter 8 and verse 24, similar kind of story. And they said unto him, and awake him, saying, my, yeah, my screen is going to move up for me. Um, uh, they said unto him, this is the work of God that ye believe on him, uh, him who he hath sent. The work of God. I think there's part of that. Oh, part of one verse that's missing. Um, and they said unto him, and they woke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. A little different words in Luke from Mark. Uh, we perish. Uh, then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a great calm. The waves and the sea were calm. I like it when they say after, what kind of a man is this that we have on our hands? You know, we've, we've touched him, we've handled him, we ate food with him. And the winds and the sea obey him? Wow. Uh, now what? How do, we, how do we proceed, you might say, in uh, working with this person that is so marvelously powerful and uh, nothing is going to uh, upset him or destroy his, his um, demeanor, <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, you kind of get uh, in a rough situation when you start bailing and you're losing. <laughs> You're bailing water, but you're losing. Uh, so Christ was always calm and collected and, and uh, never got frustrated. Christ enables us to be an overcomer too. Uh, how? Daily in prayer. Jesus prayed often, taught the disciples to pray, but we need to be daily in prayer and trusting in obedience and they'll assure us of victory by staying close to the Heavenly Father and serving Him in all the ways that we can so that those things are, are uh, right up front to help us. Then I wrote on here, everywhere, every time. We uh, sometimes get confused with how often we can call on God or will He answer this time or that time, but it's uh, universally known. It's a universal situation that he will answer every time. And that verse is, uh, uh, the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. That's First John 4 and verse 14. So we know that he's sent by the Heavenly Father. He's not going to die. He's not going to trick us up. He's not going to do something wrong. not going to mislead us. No, we can trust him. We can believe in him. And then we'll have that uh, faithfulness to him. Um, Christ had no prejudice. When he went up to the people from this nation or that nation, or he told a story about that nation or that nation, there's no prejudice shown uh, in his stories or his ways, his mannerisms. He would help them all. So everyone has a similar uh, chance at salvation. Uh, thinking of uh, uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. 
um, that uh, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. I wrote that in black, but I wrote it in my handwriting. <laughs> I probably should have used another means to get it better. Uh, so he, Jesus is willing to answer our prayers anytime. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's in Hebrews 11, verse 6. He said, yeah, a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I guess our job is to be diligent. Be there constant, always, and deep. Be deep in uh, spiritual matters. Censoring prayers and waiting for those to serve him comes from diligence. Eternal white life awaits those who believe on Jesus Christ. And I, I looked up some verses and began to think about the, the idea of um, believe on uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just about the Lord Jesus Christ, but truly have a depth of uh, belief. In Romans 6.23, it reads, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Got to piece that together a little bit or think on it a little bit. The wages of sin is death. If people want to do sin, they're going to die. It's an end. It's going to be ruined. It's going to be finished and over with. They're going to die. But God gives gifts. He wants us to serve him diligently. He wants to be a good God to us. He wants to give us things. He gives good gifts. And that one gift, the biggest gift, is eternal life. That's in that verse. And how does he do that? He did it through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. So he can do all of those things for us and be there for us in every aspect. Um, so glancing over it again, how to define the Savior? First, it's sacrifice. Turn ourselves to him and sacrifice for the cause. He's an advocate for us and we need to be able to go to him as we need and be ready to, and he'll plead our case. He is victorious. We can be victorious. He was the ideal person, did everything right, left an example for us, and we need to follow that. He's an overcomer. We can be an overcomer through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Heavenly Father, and through Christ. We can be the overcomer. It's for everyone. It's not just for a few people. It's no, no um, respect of one person over another. And the rewards are well worth it. May God bless you.